Most iconic 80s movies take place during the 80s. But perhaps the most celebrated 80s film spends most of its running time in a different decade altogether, the 1950s. Though it was plagued with rewrites, delays, and even the recasting of its lead star, director Robert Zemeckis and writer Bob Gale managed to create a film that was not only the top grossing of its release year, it spawned two sequels, a ride at Universal Studios, a Saturday morning cartoon show, an upcoming Broadway musical, and a new way of thinking about time travel. It also reminded us of that age-old truism. A teenage ne'er-do-well and a 60-year-old mad scientist can be best friends. We're the two gomers. We're talking back to the future. And you're listening to Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, dude. What is up, dude? <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Is that how you're feeling? Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking about this off podcast. We've mentioned it on the air a bunch of times where we yep. have these, we're, we're either calling them sacrificial cows or golden geese. <laughs> well, not quite. And we're mixing sacred cows we're, or golden geese. We're sacred, mix- okay. okay. So, uh, sacrificial lamb. Right. Yeah. Obviously, they're sacrificial lambs. Right. Okay. So, so sacred cow, uh-huh. golden geese. Yep. Golden egg. What, yeah. What's a golden goose okay so but either way this is one of those and you were clarifying the metaphor to me because i was mixing metaphors well yeah i I think we both have been so a golden goose i think comes from the it's tied to the golden egg it comes from that aesop's fable where um a kid gets a goose and it's laying golden eggs and okay it lays one once a day or something and so it's his like but he gets impatient and so he kills it because okay. he thinks there's tons of gold inside and then he loses everything. And Got so it. it's a, okay. it's a fable about don't like you need to be patient, money like riches come slowly, like that kind of thing. Sure. So yep. I don't it's think back mana, to, mana from heaven. Right. I don't think back to the future is a golden goose. But nope. I'll Okay, yeah. I think it's a sacred cow which is go. All right. um this thing that is kind of like we have made holy and so then we are kind of afraid to mess with it. Um, or, sure. I, mean, I mean, this this is true about us, right? We have a list of movies that we love. Yep. This is perfect movie. And we take a, yep. a movie that we love and we try to decide whether it's perfect. And we have kind of a inner circle list probably on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of movies that we're afraid to touch and have been afraid to touch. Um, sure. Back to the Future is one of those. And so I think... The proper metaphor is that we are going to kill a sacred cow today. Okay. This is this. And, and then you're, you can only enjoy that meat once. Right. I guess you could record a series of podcasts about it, which we may. I don't know. Sure. Well, or maybe that was the fattened calf. <laughs> That's right. It could also be another the different calf. 
like the prodigal the prodigal movie <laughs> no it's never left me nor forsaken no. me so it's not the prodigal movie no um even though i think prodigal means like uh what does prodigal mean it look it means like a lot like like what, what yeah word ab- am I ab- abundant right like, like it yeah like he the reckless love of the father that's right, right. He's reckless the, it's that's the, the prodigal god right not yep. actually the prodigal son he's like um, immensely in love with his son right so i guess you could figure out a way to make that work for back to the future i don't know <laughs> no shadow you won't. so i mean the 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 only reason we're doing this is because it's our first listener's choice yep right so we purposefully put four movies out to the listener that we were nervous about doing because they just seem like too much right or too big or even like already what is there to say about these movies because they're so much a part of the culture um is there anything more that we can say yeah can we do the gomer treatment um to these movies and have it not be just go watch you know back in time on youtube (laughs) go watch the blu-ray deleted scenes right or the making of documentaries or like um yeah or or like, the like or what the do we have articles on add? the internet that are like here's here's 20 things that'll blow your mind about back to the future that you never <laughs> knew and i'm like i knew all right. those dumb things <laughs> i mean they're not dumb they're wonderful well, and so i i don't want that totally. this to become just like adding to the noise on back to the future. So I, I think that's one of the reasons also we were like, the only way we'd be able to do back to the future is if the listeners chose it for us. Um, we had to be forced into it, dude. Exactly. That's what it is. Yep. It's it. The, it's not the golden goose. Golden goose would be killing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a golden we egg. make so much money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> we like put everything we have into this episode and then it fails, and then the podcast fails. Yeah. Okay. Something like I see that. that. Like, so, so we've finally done Back to the Future, and then people are like, "That's enough. We don't need to hear another word from you." And then it ends up <laughs> just killing the whole thing. <laughs> so I, I remember one of my professors at the Juilliard School. He Ooh. said, um, "Uh huh." He said, "What is it that makes me?" And the other blue-haired ladies, this is what he said. I'm just quoting him. Okay. Want to hear your performance. What is it that you have to say? He was like, you know, there's CDs everywhere. This is back in, this is way pre-Spotify. iTunes was around, but, you know, you're still listening to CDs. Yep. There's CDs. Nowadays, there's live broadcasts. There's recorded broadcasts. Yeah. What is it about your performance? (laughs) your podcast no pressure gonna make us want to listen (laughs) well i know we have some fun facts like did you know huey lewis was one of the judges in the (laughs) band like that's the kind of thing i'm nervous about which is like wow these guys think we don't know that huey lewis was one of the judges of the battle of the bands contest there's so much out there that it's pretty nerve-wracking um, and then there's also like, even in the cold open, I'm, I'm like, do I mention that it's weird that a teenager and an old guy are friends? How many times has that been said? Nope. Okay. So, okay. I think we need to, we need to 
to curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. To break the tension right away. That okay. didn't really work. I just love saying that because just I just love it. Um, <laughs> because okay, there are going to be people that listen to this. Yeah. But this is one of their first things they've li- listened to on Back to the Future. So sure. I don't want them to be like, "Oh, that was actually really cool." Hey. <laughs> okay, so I don't want them I like to think that because Huey Lewis fact. Yeah. Yeah, like that might be super new. Like yep. actually, one. That Aaron and I just figured out. I want to see if you figured this one out. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I'm just going to ask you a couple quick questions that this podcast will not be about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Aaron and I were watching it last night with the girls. Uh-huh. Total blast. Great. Back to the future. Yep. Um, and we uh, noticed that the movie that that is Ronald Reagan is starring in. Uh huh. Okay. It's called Cattle Queen of Montana. Okay. Okay, stars uh Ronald Reagan and Barbara Stanwyck. Uh-huh. And where Aaron was like, let's look that up. Let's see if that was actually in theaters. Okay. Okay, did you have you looked this one up? I haven't. No, this is this is one I okay. don't know. So this is great. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Aaron was like, let's look that up. She she wanted to do th- two things. Was it a Saturday on November 5th, 1955. I think that's the date okay. in question. Or yeah. October. Uh, what, October. Whatever. Yep. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, we should know that. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that a Saturday? We looked it up. Indeed, it was. So yep. they got that right. This movie that was no, playing. No, wait. Actually it's November. Was... We're going to have to go back and change this. What is the no, date? No, it's okay. <laughs> he, the, in 1985, he's in October, which I always thought was strange that there's no Halloween decorations up. Right. Yep. Yep. Then they go I'm to November sure. in in 1955. Yes. Pretty sure it's November 5th, 1955. Yep, me too. <laughs> okay, we should have looked that up. Um <laughs> anyways, that movie was actually in theaters November 1954. Ooh, okay. So forget it. This movie <laughs> they got it all wrong. We are poking Forget holes it. in in Back to the Forget Future. Forget it. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, it's in there because they're going to talk about Ronald Reagan. Yep. Right. They wanted to have like a reg. You know, that's a big joke in the movie. You know, like another trivia. Apparently, Ronald Reagan, when he saw this movie, uh-huh. uh, they they screened it for him. Yeah. And after that joke, he laughed so hard he was like, "Please rewind that and play that part again," because it was so funny. That sounds like um, such an old guy story, doesn't it? He was the president totally. of the United States. Then he's like, hey, Nancy, rewind it. I liked that joke. <laughs> the actor? Um, so they wanted to set that up. Okay. Right? Yep. But I thought that was actually pretty cool. They got the actual physical day right. Yeah. They got the movie off by year. But it was, you know, maybe Reagan wasn't. We could have looked further and seen what Reagan was in. Yeah. In November 1955. That could have been kind of cool. Right. Yep. That's a great thing about this movie is you can keep digging deeper and digging deeper. And so I'm not actually that nervous that we're going to say everything that everybody else has said. And we're going to add our, you know, little Gomer flavor. Oh, yeah. What what do you have to say to me and the blue haired ladies? (laughs) That's different than all the recordings. Here's what we're not going to say. I have a list of quick questions for you. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um. How do his parents not remember him at the end? How when he's like 12, I actually wonder this, though, like when he's like 12, they're like, that looks 
So much like that guy that's in the most important moment of our lives. And isn't it strange that we also named him Marty? Yeah. We, like, like what? Because remember Biff in Back to the Future 2 mm-hmm. remembers him. Yeah. So why? Or, or, you know, they don't they don't have time. OK, I'll, I'll answer my own question. They don't have time. <laughs> but I do think that that's worthy of discussion. OK. OK. Um, was Marty friggin' miserable at that house? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean in the original 1985? Yes, like the scene when they're having dinner. Yeah, and he and he does one of my favorite food scenes of all time in a movie. I actually sent you the the um the video. Yeah, and you said don't watch it. So do you want me to watch it now? Yeah, yeah, watch that real quick. This okay. is up there with. <laughs> egg salad or or fried eggs from the fugitive (laughs) (laughs) oh no it's not playing it's it's in their kitchen right yep oh is it the butter or the 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 the, that crackle stuff he eats yeah i think it's like peanut brittle (laughs) yeah peanut brittle that's what i'm looking for yep okay (laughs) he's got just a big bowl of it (laughs) (laughs) it sounds so crunchy yeah i have I've I've loved peanut brittle ever since that moment. Top top food moments in a movie for me. Yeah, I wonder if that actually might be some Halloween candy that they are getting ready for Halloween. I mean, Halloween is the it's not bad. The we, a week later. Yep. Um, that's a super good point. And so maybe that is some Halloween candy that they are just like Lorraine bought a bag of it. Sure. Yeah. And George found it, put in a bowl, and he's just eating it for dinner. <laughs> okay, here's two other things uh-huh. that won't be discussed in this, but just need to be mentioned at the top. Okay. Um, you already said it. Why aren't his parents weirded out that he hangs out with this old dude? Right. Like, I do want to know their origin story. I actually think it's interesting. Yep. Like, um, how did they meet? I mean, I, I heard actually them talk in that that Josh Gad thing that uh-huh. was just released, like just for us, apparently. Right. So we were going to record this. Yeah. But he said he was like an apprentice or like a, he was a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. He used those but words. Yep. He's not into science, though. So like, what was he? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he is. D- d- huh. Is Marty McFly a good student? He's not a well-behaved student. Right, he's sure. always getting okay. tardy slips. Uh huh. He, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a always slacker. tardy. He's a slacker. We know those <laughs> things. But something I've always thought about Marty is that he is strangely powerful and talented. Mm-hmm. He's a super mm-hmm. good puncher. He can punch yep. with the best of them. He's a great yep. skateboarder. He's mm-hmm. he's a good. He's a great guitar player. Yeah, really good. I wonder if he's one of these kids who's a slacker, but he actually gets good grades. Sure. Because he's a smart kid. And so maybe Doc Brown was doing some sort of like tabling at a job fair or something like who wants to be my apprentice. (laughs) They meet. He sees through all of that slackerness and they become they 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 get this kind of like he's doing an internship or something. Right. Sure. And they become apprentice mentor. I don't know. It's like uh, Kate Capshaw, Leah Thompson from uh, yeah. Space Camp. Yep. It's like I see me and you. Uh huh. And you're gonna do great things, but I'm gonna take you under my wing and show you plutonium and 
show you that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe yeah but you don't think though that um okay, lastly you don't think well first of all you don't think that he would be he was miserable in that house because like he's the only cool dude in that house no i think he's miserable like, in that house i do okay like that I mean, scene that, is so depressing yeah right that, his existence <laughs> is terrible he's by far the coolest person in the house <laughs> right i mean i yeah. think i would i think i would not like to have lorraine in that version of her as a mom sure because she seems pretty distant and always drinking i think right. i think i would endear myself to george mcfly in that but he just like the way yeah. he responds to his dad is like he's sad for him mm-hmm yeah just like dad come on you're you're, yeah, you're like made for better than this life you know what I mean? stand up to biff dad yeah right yep yeah that conversation um, he has uh-huh so so that that leads to the last question that we're not going to talk about mm-hmm. which is why do they have the exact same three kids at the exact same time yeah now that he's a successful brave author you know what I mean? Like yep. he confronts his fears and um, but then the exact same timeline happens still. And they live in the same house. Ooh, that's good. If he's that a, is, like the house is nicer yeah. inside. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But it's odd that they still live in Lion Estates in that same exact yep. house if he's a really successful author. And his kids are there. They don't live there anymore. <laughs> but they're still right. always coming over for breakfast or something. <laughs> the, the thing that I, right. and we can talk about this more in the trial. Um, uh, I'll say this and then I'll say something else. I, I think it's always okay. so funny in a time travel movie when everything that is going to come to a head later in the movie is discussed yeah. at the beginning. Like, mm. Mom, tell yep. me the story again of when you met sure. Dad, <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> and totally. also make sure to mention that uh, your brother's in jail. <laughs> you know, you get yeah. everything you need <laughs> at that dinner sure. table. Um, Back to the Future is so good. This yep. is what I'm going to posit over and over again in this episode. Yeah. Back yep. to the Future is so good, none of that matters. Hmm. I never thought that the relationship between Marty and Doc was weird until people told me I should think it's weird. You still don't, though. The the it's so well written. Their chemistry is so good. The way things line up and fit is so great. I do not care about that. In (laughs) fact, it it, actually I do care because I love it. <laughs> right. The caring is the opposite direction of thinking it's weird. I think it's great. Right. And the movie it doesn't happy. It makes me super happy. <laughs> so this movie is so perfect. I, I I we when we came up with this idea for the podcast two and a half yep. years ago. Yep. It was for an episode of our other podcast. Let's do an episode about perfect movies. We listed three. Yep. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Another one that shall not be named because we want to keep it secret. Yeah. Yep. Um. And Back to the Future. These that, that it was on. It. it was in the original conversation. That's yep. how perfect yeah. I think this movie is. 
original art, right? Yep. Yeah. Like in the original, the art promo for this podcast, we had one. Well, we're going to have to share that one again because it's just so good by Jason. Yep. Um, actually, maybe by the time we do that third one, that's the killing of the golden goose. <laughs> yeah. And I actually don't think, here's a little hint. I don't think that third one has a letter in the original art, which is interesting. Ah. There's a Jurassic Park P. No, Harry yep. Potter P. There's a Jurassic Park something. <laughs> I right. can't remember. But there's can't a Back remember. to the Future F. Yep. In the in the original artwork of, yep. of Perfect Movie. Um, so, yeah, I it is obviously super important to us. We could, and I know there are so many podcasts out there that pick it apart and are like, this is what's wrong with it. You could give me a hundred things. And I'd be like, don't, yep. I, I, that's what I love about it. <laughs> yep. It, it's so good. Yeah. It, it, it covers all sins. Totally. Yep. It covers over a multitude of sins. I don't think there are any strickens. These were just fun questions that I know people, when they see that, they're like, hmm, I hope they cover these. So there we go. Yeah. Guess what? I won't even strike the fact that a mom falls in love with a son. I am not even going to strike that because I think that it is an amazing feat that they can pull it off. And it's a totally it's a family film. It's PG. <laughs> the highest grossing movie of of 1985, the, the highest grossing comedy ever for years and years after that. Yeah. Is about a mom yep. falling in love with her son. They pulled it off. That makes it perfect. <laughs> I'm not striking that, dude. 100%. I, and I honestly, I never. Well, okay, maybe this sounds weird. I never thought it was weird. I because when we were like kids, yeah, you just didn't even think about it being weird. Uh, uh-uh. uh, right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. just like it's hilarious. Uh, okay. Um, should we do? <laughs> should we do the one sheet? Yep. Let's do that real quick. Okay. All right. Back to the Future. Release date: July third, nineteen eighty-five. I was. Six years old, you were seven, right? A a bona fide summer blockbuster. Oh, it's like absolute. Um, where were you living? New Jersey. I did not time. see it in the theaters. Okay, I was in. Uh, probably Verona by then, if not Colorado or I, we. I know we moved around a bunch when I was like that age, like huh. kindergarten. Okay. Do you, um, do you remember seeing it in the theater? I don't think so. Okay. I I I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't. Okay. Oh wait, you know what? I lied. I have seen it in the theater, but it wasn't in 1985. Uh, it was yes, okay. in 2015. Yes. We went as a too. family to go see it in the theater. And it was So that was incredible. the 30th anniversary, I cried. right? Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I here uh, it was the first movie I ever watched on VHS, though. I can tell you that. I'm sure it's up there with the first that I saw, too. Totally. My, my dad bought a VCR and we rented Back to the Future. It's the first movie oh we ever gosh. watched on that VCR on a VHS tape. <laughs> and it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the theater, too, 2015. Lily was four years old at that time. We're like, we're going to bring her. Right. And yeah, ab- like that was one of those things that that'll be, that's not going to be in our evidence, but 
realizing watching it with a theater of you know a couple hundred other people which sounds crazy since we're all yeah quarantined right now totally but like was it was mind-blowing it's like this could be a brand new release yep that's how good this is yes you know what i mean yeah i I walked out feeling dizzy (laughs) honestly because i was like all over again and 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 part of it was i'd never gotten the chance to see it in the theater and so seeing it in on the big screen with a crowd i was like i i got a taste of what that must have been like Mm. it it just it works so well yeah um i wrote again the the running time i write these when they're long it's an hour and 56 minutes but it definitely doesn't feel like it no it's just tight as all get out yep um budget 19 million um it grossed at the box office 11 million in the opening weekend which isn't super great no it had a Um, it must it had a long tail i wonder how long it played it played for a long time i i was talking to a friend earlier who um, was talking about it was the slowest movie to get to 200 million. Oh, interesting. Um, but it got there and then surpassed it. Yep. Um, so it's almost like it started. Maybe people were like, oh, it's sci fi. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. It's time travel. It's got a pervy <laughs> mother son. You thing. won't believe it. The mom falls in love with the son. <laughs> Disney turned it down. Yeah, so yeah. forget it. Um, but then it then it did great. I mean, obviously it did great. Yeah. Um, worldwide, three hundred and eighty eight million um, top of the box office that year. It did win one Academy Award for best effects in sound editing. OK, um, Ooh, that's good. Now, it was nominated for screenplay and I feel really bad. I should have looked up what did win. I meant to look it up and then I forgot. I, I'll look um, it up. But that I mean, I'm okay. glad it got a nomination. It, totally. it, it feels I mean, like this... something that wouldn't. I mean, it's a comedy. It's a sci-fi sure. thing. It's a fantasy. It's a teen yep. movie, right? So for it to get sure. a nomination um, is cool. That's yeah. because the screenplay is incredible. It is used just like you were saying Tootsie, right? was used in, in one of your right. writing classes. This is used, I, I guess, from what I gather. Obviously, I haven't taken screenwriting classes, but... I believe this is used as like textbook screenplay 101. This is how you set things up. Right. And have them pay off, have it not be heavy handed, have it be basically perfect. Uh huh. Right. Yep. Um, um, it's, it's just so, so good. And that's an, I yep. mean, I don't even know sometimes how to talk about it because it's so <laughs> good. Um, but we're going to try. Yep. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 96% critic, 94% audience. I mean, that's these numbers are incredible. Right. Um, and uh, Ebert gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. I mean, it's just friggin' good. Yeah. It's, it's really, great. really good. <laughs> um, so if you don't like people gushing about movies, yeah, then uh, this isn't the podcast for you. There's lots of other ones that are going to pull it apart, critique it. We're, we'll do a, a, you know. We'll give it some fair treatment. We're going to put it on trial. Right. But we we love it. Yeah. Um, okay. Witness. Interesting. One screenplay that mm. year. Um, have hey. you seen Witness? Harrison Ford. Is that Harris? Okay. Yeah. Goes undercover as an I... Amish person. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a great movie. I wouldn't. It's. I mean, the screenplay is not better than the back feature. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he was also nominated 
Harrison Ford for witness. Um, okay. Um, what won best picture that year? Oh, best picture was out of Africa. I okay. did look that one up. All right. Um, yeah, out of Africa, the color purple witness. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all nominated. Um, oh dude, this year, Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Ooh. Same year here. Great. I mean, th- this is an unbelievable year. Rambo Part 2. Actually, I never saw that. I don't know why I said that first. It's just on the list. It's probably good. Never saw it. Actually, that was the most expensive movie made up to that point. Really? I think the budget was like something ridiculous. Interesting. Um, Now, interesting. Rocky Four. So, Sly mm-hmm. is killing it right here. He's doing Rambo. He's doing Rocky in one year. Good job, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Over the Top is, I think, the next year. His Dang. his um his peak over the top. <laughs> his magnum opus. No, yeah. that was Rocky. That was Rocky. Well, I right. Mean, it was sort. I, I you get you still haven't seen over the top, so you can tell me what you think after that. Dude, we finally watched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, like it. That's gonna be in the rewatch list. My girls are laughing. We've been doing thumb wars. We've been doing arm wrestling ever since. <laughs> oh, great! I'm so glad you saw it. It's so good. Yep. Not perfect, um, actually, a couple but others that no, a couple others that are on this list though that people have been really asking us to do. Yeah, Fletch was yeah. in the same year. We've had a number of people be like, "Are you guys going to do Fletch?" Mm-hmm. Including Barbeau. Okay. Yeah. It's like that's his right. Number that's his one favorite, favorite movie. movie. Yeah. Um, National Lampoon's European Vacation. I remember seeing that on VHS. Why I got to see that. <laughs> That must have been like unsupervised. Oh, I mean, there like, is a lot of nudity in that movie. I think, if I remember correctly, <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, love you, mom and dad. I'm not sure how that happened. Probably we all, I don't know, is that a sleepover? Yeah, or like people watch it on because I don't know. Right? Who knows how you see some things? Yeah. Um, and also the yep. Goonies, right? Is that year? Yep. This is the Goonies. That's Amblin, Spielberg, two. Right. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that the Spielberg produced three movies in a row and had somebody else direct them. Goonies. Okay. Back to the Future. The Explorers. All this year. Dang. (laughs) No, The Explorers Explorers. (laughs) is a mess. (laughs) Right. I mean, the first 20 minutes, it's it's like hook for me. First 20 20 minutes. Great. (laughs) Yep. The next two hours, <laughs> a mess. <laughs> Sorry, Spielberg. Sometimes you produce or direct movies like that. <laughs> Those two may have to be Anthony picks. Yeah. Hook, definitely. Explorers rules. But yeah, the last 20 to 30 minutes, stupid. I know. I do not know what happened with those. I mean, it's it and it's a it feels so Amblin. And so does this movie. Oh, right. So good. Like this. Totally. This is peak. Amblin. I mean, Spielberg yep. is producing mm-hmm. so much stuff and it just has that feel. Um, mm-hmm. So, so good. Yep. Totally agreed. I I mean, Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, mm. that had such... Well, in the design of it, I still used to draw the circuit boards. <laughs> the That, that like, the little vehicle, their yeah. space vehicle. Yep. The whole idea of, like, the sphere, mm-hmm. like, of what made on a computer how i don't know but it's so cool it's a great idea explorers yep. is a great concept that yep. is just wasted at, in the last half an hour of that movie oh, oh well not so Still though love it though back to the future 
Back to the Future yep. never stops. It's so good the whole time. Yep, 100%. Um, should I read the VHS? Yes. This this is the VHS that we owned. I found awesome. the actual cover art. Um, Great. The, the picture on the front is the uh, Drew Struzan. I think that's the artist, right? He painted all those... Okay. Posters in the mm. 80s, all the Indiana Jones posters, E.T. Um, Jack has this poster up in his room right now. My so my nice. poster from when I had all three Back to the Future posters in my room awesome. in high school. <laughs> yeah. And Jack has my Back to the Future one poster up in his room right now. Um, oh, that's great. The tagline, he was never in time for his classes. Dot, dot, dot. He was never in time for his dinner dot 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 then one day <laughs> dot 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 he wasn't in his time at all and it's you know it's that iconic him one leg up in the delorean yeah yep the the wing door is open he's got mm-hmm. his sunglasses up on his forehead he's yep. looking at his watch like oh, what <laughs> I, I mean i could just yeah. look at this picture for the next two hours and talk about this picture. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. here's yep. the here's the back of the box. Synopsis. One of the top grossing box office comedies of all time comes home. Steven oh, yeah. Spielberg presents an irresistible comic fantasy that accelerates beyond the time barrier with wit, imagination, and infectious wide-eyed wonder. Michael J. Fox stars as Marty McFly, a typical American teenager of the 80s, accidentally sent back to 1955 in a plutonium-powered DeLorean, Time Machine, invented by slightly mad scientist Christopher Lloyd. During his often hysterical, always amazing trip back in time, Marty must make certain his teenage parents-to-be, Crispin Glover and Leah Thompson, meet and fall in love. So we can get back to the future. They even put that in the t- in the copy. <laughs> there. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, this delightful comedy adventure will make everyone want to go back to the future over and over again. They say it twice. Wow. Because it's such an amazing title. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there was nervousness around it. Like, right, you hear about these, the... Who was it? The the owner of the studio. Yes, yeah, Sid Rosenberg or something. Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> um, he uh, shoot, sorry. He didn't. He didn't like the title. Right. He wanted to change it to Pluto men from Pluto, spacemen from Pluto or whatever. Right. Another fact I'm sure yeah. nobody's heard. Um, <laughs> and so, I think I think probably the nervousness about it was that it's not about the future. Right. It's not a future movie, and so I think there was nervousness around that, right? Like, it's actually about the 50s, and so putting the word future in the title doesn't make any sense. I'm yeah. so glad they didn't get talked out of it, because it because then it works so well in the sequels. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep, because now they're actually going to go to the future, then they're going to go to the past where they have to get back to... One, right, like they have to get back to 1955. Right. Then they have to get back to 1885. Yep. And then like they need to the get way back every... from there. And then they need to go to that yep. alternate 1985. So they have to go back to the oh, past so that then they yeah. can get back to the future again. It is a great title. And so I do not blame whoever wrote 
whatever technical writer wrote the copy of this synopsis for putting it into the copy as much as he could. <laughs> Quoted as many times as possible. Good News Nation, it's in color. Rated Great. PG. Hour and 56. Wonderful minutes. We should listen to the trailer. Yep. Uh, I love these 80s trailers. We'll listen to the trailer, get ourselves in that space, and then we will officially put Back to the Future on trial. Is it a perfect movie? All right, let me say this about the trailer, dude. Okay. Real quick. Yeah. Here's what I love about trailers. Yes. Is that when this trailer was played, this movie did not yet exist in the collective consciousness of people's minds yet. Yeah. So when you're listening to this, it's pre it it being part of our lexicon. You know what I mean? It's imagining yep. a world. Yeah. In a world mm-hmm. where this movie didn't exist. <laughs> we introduce no. to you. Yeah. I'd, I'm, I'm sure I never saw the trailer. Totally. Yep. Where, sure. where would I have seen the trailer? I guess maybe on TV. So sure, maybe Saturday morning cartoons or something. Well, more likely I was watching Family Ties. And yeah. they were playing the TV okay. spot, right? Yep. Um, but th- that mm-hmm. is not what we're about to hear, right? It's the full movie trailer. I don't know what yes. movie I would have gone to to see this trailer in front of. And so when I saw it on VHS, I'd heard a lot about it. I'd probably seen some images of it. But it was completely yeah. fresh. So I like what you're saying, which is mm. it's nice to put yourself in the space of never having yeah. th- that it's not a part of everything you ever talk about when you talk about time travel. Right. Um, or yep. 80s movies like this was new. Whew. Imagining a world without it. Yep. All right. Let's listen. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a baby. Tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. And if you do, could have serious repercussions on future events. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... Can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. All rise. Hey, how's it going over there? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Uh, the, that guy probably likes Back to the Future. He likes Back to the Future and he loves Biff. Right. He probably, he probably dresses like Biff. <laughs> he got, yeah, maybe may, that's pretty good. In my mind's eye, I picture a Biff-like person saying that. Yep. Saying that. So there you go. Totally. 
another thing we're not going to talk about is that Biff, at least in Back to the Future Part Two, was re- uh, modeled after somebody who may or may not be running for president. <laughs> well, or is president? May or not be right. president? <laughs> Okay, there we go. That may or may not be president January 20th. Yeah, I suppose suppose he's also running for president technically, right? I mean, the election's coming up. Um, Right. Yeah. I I think he was more modeled after, may or may have not been modeled after that person in Back to the Future 2 in the alternate reality um, where we see kind of a pseudo Atlantic City and the way that... Money and power can destroy most of the people around him. Okay. Back right. to the future. <laughs> um, we, this is how this works. Let me just apologize. I feel like in that opener, which was twice as long as our usual openers, um, yep. I think I said that this movie is good probably a hundred times. I, I, ju- I just, I, sure. it, I, I'm, I'm, I am nervous about it. I just got to admit, I'm nervous about this. And sometimes when you're nervous about things, you say the same things over and over again. We're in trial, right? And you're like saying, seriously, my client is innocent. Look at him. He's amazing. (laughs) A really great defense lawyer will mostly just say over and over again, this person is innocent. (laughs) Seriously. So innocent. But listen, we are now putting this on trial, and I think now we yep. get to talk more about why we think this movie is yep. so good and why we think it's perfect. So this is how this works. If this is your first time listening to Perfect Movie, it may be because you like Back to the Future. Um, Anthony and I have a giant list of movies that we love. Yep. It's big. We like movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we pick a movie from that list and we act as its defense counsel and present evidence. We each get two pieces of evidence um, and we attempt to prove to you, the listener, and to one another, though that might not be that difficult today, <laughs> that the movie <laughs> is perfect. And the way we do that is um, we chunk in, we kind of talk through the movie a little bit. And when we feel like we have a piece of evidence, we chunk in with this sound. Um, I'll chunk in again with that sound. Um, and we present our piece of evidence. And then when we're done, you, the listeners, have a vote. You act as judge, jury, and possibly as executioner. I have a vote. Anthony has a vote. We'll come back next week. We'll, we put a poll up. You vote. And if all three of us vote yes, we put that movie in its full form onto mm-hmm. a flash drive. Uh, we put it onto V'ger, uh, launch it into space. <laughs> The Xenomorphs from Alien pick it up. They watch this list of movies in full and they're converted uh, and they become very, very good little girls and boys and the universe is a better place. (laughs) So that's our job. That's our role with Back to the Future today. We need to get this thing onto that flash drive. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So we can't just say it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. People know it's good. We have to prove that it's actually perfect yeah and we have come prepared dude i printed my notes out on cardstock on accident <laughs> wow <laughs> like my wife is um people know but if they don't my wife's a first grade teacher mm-hmm. and it, this is like literally the last week of school this week and like right like we're in the last like five days here yeah and so like she's always constantly printing stuff yep 
So I sent all my notes over to the printer, which just happened to have cardstock in it. So the notes like feel like tablets. You know what I mean? Like it's like the rundown. It's It's like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the tablets of why back to the the 10 reasons back to the future is perfect. Yeah. Well, here's what I've got all set. Okay. Ready to go. Oh, yeah. This tome, uh, the back to the future, ultimate visual history. Listen to this. Dude. That's me dropping it onto the table. It's the sound of a 42-year-old man with an obsession. I have a lot of... I have a collection of books like this. I don't yep. know if you know this. I have a ton of these kind of like ultimate visual history books um, all downstairs in our dining room on a shelf. So I have like the Star Wars one. Indiana Jones, I have one for Close Encounters and one for Dark Crystal and one for Spirited Away. <laughs> like, I have these things. I've read them all. Um, Dude, but this is one of my awesome. favorite ones because it comes with a whole bunch of swag. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. That is cool. It's okay, like, so you're showing me the the envelope. It says, do not open until 1985. Yep. Oh, man. And inside Dude, it is cool. the actual letter Yep. That's that like looks like it's been taped together. That he gives Doc Brown. Here's a little picture. See that? Yep. And then it's one of these. It's the picture of the three of them, which I suppose we could also also pick apart. The picture of Marty and his siblings that disappear gradually. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, we could pick that apart. That doesn't really make sense. It's basically the idea you either exist or you don't. Right. Right. It's not like. One would go first, and it would go in birth order. It, it like I don't know. Oh, and also yeah. his torso disappears first, and then his right, <laughs> like then his, his legs. Hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but in the picture, his siblings disappear like a third at a time. Like, oh, what okay, happened yeah, to my brother's right. torso? But he <laughs> starts disappearing all at once. Like, yep. Again, so what? So what? It's an awesome totem of this entire movie the photograph is in every single movie yep. like the oh, grave right. site mm-hmm. the, or the the tombstone yeah, the tombstone yep in the third what, one what is it in back to the future too I, I don't think or there like is a newspaper cli- oh the newspaper clippings change yep yeah and then you're fired is another one that that facts of your fire fa- <laughs> right hey <laughs> needles um <laughs> Okay, but we can't talk about those two movies. We have okay, to focus right, on the first right, right. one. Um, right. Okay, so maybe we should talk through it. I, d- I don't know actually. Love it. Because if we if yep. we just keep saying random lines, then we're going to go yep. into Back to the Future 2 and 3. I, I want to talk about the ride at some point, but I don't think we're going to be okay. able to do that in this episode. Maybe that's behind the paywall someday where we talk about sure. the Back to the Future ride, which was... A big deal to me as a kid yeah i think we all got concussions on that ride <laughs> right <laughs> and a hundred percent fooled me it's one of these screen rides where you're just like jostled around but yeah. i was like how do they do it <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was in a delorean riding around um rip that ride doesn't exist anymore too bad i think it's a minions ride now it? Yeah, it's a Minions yeah. ride. Stupid. Minions are cool, but it's not this. 
that ride, the Minions ride sucks. I, I, oh, I, does it? I, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Minions ride is terrible. Makes me sick. Okay. Okay. Haven't been on it. It's Don't bother. Okay. <laughs> go on the E.T. ride instead, which is still, the, it smells the same <laughs> as it did in 1980. <laughs> 1984 or whatever it was put out okay yeah so we're gonna talk through the movie when we decide we want to chunk in we will and we'll say why we think it's perfect okay so back to the future opens in silence Mm. there's no score it's the i mean i can't believe i'm going all the way back to this but i will the universal logo no sound Mm. black screen and then the ticking starts right yep time (laughs) (laughs) nice all right i'm gonna present my first piece of evidence which is the first five minutes of this movie okay so no music just i'm i'm glad i'm glad that you let us know that it won that uh, did it get nominated or win for for sound editing? Um, it won. Wait, but isn't there digadoo digadoo? No, that's that starts Back to the Future two and three. That trill. Okay. Digadoo digadoo. Okay. There's no music until he strums that guitar, and that's I don't think that even counts as music, right? It's <laughs> silence except for clocks ticking. Okay. And so. My first piece of evidence is the way this movie is set up in the first five mm. minutes where you don't see any characters' faces, main characters' mm. faces, right? So yep. it's it's sort of a Rube Goldberg machine that we see, even though I don't know that it could be totally called that because every element of it is controlled by a different clock. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. not like the Rube Goldberg machine in Goonies where right. like a balloon pops and a a chicken gets scared and lays an egg. <laughs> the, the the egg rolls down and hits like yeah. a sprinkler. You know, it's not like that. Or yep. my favorite Rube Goldberg opener, which is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Which, One of the best. Yeah, completely sets the tone for the movie and just, it literally is one thing happens and it sets the other things happening, right? Yeah. This is a little bit yep. different, but I think it still sets the tone, mm-hmm. which is you just feel... Like you are in good hands in these first five mm. minutes. It's a one shot yep. where you see yep. you're seeing the clocks. One of the clocks has a guy hanging off of the of of one of the hands, right? Yep. Yep. So this whole five minutes is, is like it sets up the movie. Yeah. You, you in the one shot you see that you're introduced to Doc a little bit, right? Um, yep. He's messy, he's smart, he's obsessed with time. He hasn't been there for a while because there's those pieces of toast that are popping that are burned. Um, there's yeah. no coffee. Uh, yeah, it, the, the, the water pours right onto the thing. Um, yeah. And then I think the most genius thing is that it pans by the TV that sets up the stolen plutonium. Yep. It keeps panning and then you see marty come in with his skateboard just his legs and then he kicks the skateboard over and it hits that yellow suitcase full of plutonium 
And then yep. there's just, it, it holds on that for a beat. Yep. And it's so well executed. It, it What it makes me feel like is this director and writer knows what they're doing. Yeah. And they're showing us that this entire movie is going to be like this. It's going to fit together. Mm. It's going to make sense. It's going to show you what needs to be shown to you at the right time. And it's going to pay off. Yep. Um, And then there's this thing about like Marty connecting his guitar to the giant speaker, which also (laughs) shows you this is going to also be a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's like right away. The first thing that happens is one of the biggest laughs for me, Mm -hmm. like from being a kid, like we used to do this, dude. So we here's something we used to do. We used to crank up our our like, you know, sound system. And my dad, one thing I did always grow up, I always grew up with good sound systems. You know what I mean? My dad's kind of an audiophile. Yep. So we would crank it up to 11 Mm -hmm. and we would crank it up to the end of uh, whatever album by Weird Al that he's copying. Um, It's I think it's off the deep end. There's like. 10 minutes of silence and then <laughs> okay. a really loud last like song or last thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we would crank it up as loud as we possibly could and then run across the street and just like wait for <laughs> crap to blow up. No way. That's hilarious. <laughs> totally, dude. Um so yeah, totally li- tried to live that scene out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um I, I, it's it just introduces you have not seen Doc Brown yet, right? You don't see right. uh Right. Michael J. Fox's face, everything is obscured, which which I also like because I, I feel like Zemeckis is saying, I'm going to make you wait for it. Mm, yeah. And I know yep. how to build tension, but you are going to like the payoff. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that happens the whole movie. Everything, right. everything, every Chekhov's gun that you are introduced to pays off. It goes off by the right. end, um, yep. and so I mean we'll 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 get to some of them as we talk about it. But even w- even when I saw the movie the first time and I realized that the mall was called mm-hmm. Twin Pines, then he hits right. one of the pines in 1955, and then when he comes back, it's a quick pan past the sign that is now called yep. Lone Pine Mall, and so everything that you see and you don't even realize it is going to pay off later. And I think he sets it up in that first five minute scene of just sounds, visual and clues. It's so good. Perfect dude. Yeah. And that is so the way that Zemeckis is going to continue to make movies for a long time. He loves the long shot. Yep. You know what I mean? He loves nonstop shots with lots of information in it. Right. Like, even if you watch, like, I mean, one of my favorite Zemeckis is still Castaway. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, sometimes there will just be, like, a minute-long shot. Uh-huh. Um, just to, like, right, just show you the beach. Remember when he did that full pan? Yeah. Like, when, when Tom Hanks is first on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I, that shot actually kind of blows my mind because he, like, spins all the way around him. Right. You see the entire thing. You see the, the super far away crashing waves. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, it's just so Zemeckis. So, yeah, his style is so clear in this. Definitely. And you're right. And Castaway, I think about when he's opening up the FedEx boxes. And you're seeing one piece at a time. 
Yeah. And you don't exactly know how they're going to come back to help, but you know they will because you trust. Right. That's just something Zemeckis does. And I think I said this recently. I think I said this around Christmas. Polar Express is a terrifying movie. But yeah. there is a sequence in the middle of it, which is a beautiful Rube Goldberg machine. They lose the ticket. It goes all over the forest. A, a mm-hmm. eagle picks it up and swallows it. Wolves run by. The train comes back. And it's just like, even even in Polar Express, which I <laughs> every time a human is on screen, I'm like, I can't look. <laughs> the, the, he know, he knows how to construct a movie. He knows how to construct a set piece and an action scene yep. and a conversation. Uh, and he does it in the first five minutes, I think, of Back to the Future better than he maybe does it in the rest of his whole career. It's so good. Let's see. Contact. Love mm-hmm. it. Forrest Gump. On the list. Well, at least for me. Maybe it's just an Anthony pick. I don't know. I can't remember. It's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) Hey, so we've got a guy holding a guitar. You can't quite see him yet, but. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I guess we're going to whip through this movie with exhibits, but we're only still in the first five (laughs) minutes of the movie. Right. Okay. So your exhibit number one. Yeah. Is. That um, is the opening scene. Yeah. The Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. The setup for the tone for the whole movie, right? Yeah. Okay. So my first exhibit, dude, is the recast. Okay. All right. I know where you're going with this. Sure. Okay. So people, if you know anything about Back to the Future, you know that it was supposed to be Michael J. Fox, but they couldn't get him. Right. And then... They were like they were under a deadline. Mm -hmm. And so uh, according to Robert Zemeckis, he was like, I think I can still make the movie. Yeah. Like in my amazing ability to make movies and tell stories, I can make this work. Right. Right. Um, So they cast Eric Stoltz, who I feel really bad because I don't know anything else that he's been in. I probably should as a movie lover. Um. I think he got cast because he was in some kind of wonderful with Leah Thompson, maybe the okay. year before, which you'd love it. It's a great mm. movie. Okay. And Eric Stoltz is a great actor. I mean, super handsome. <laughs> like, <laughs> like these, he's got, he's, he's got dark hair, but like these really bright blue eyes. And so okay. he, he is young looking. Um, yep. And so if you're not going to cast Michael J. Fox, the, the casting of Eric Stoltz makes a lot of sense to me, but it sounds to me like it was a mess. Right. Well, so what it sounds like is they're getting the dailies mm-hmm. and they just didn't, they didn't like the tone. Right. So I heard, I heard somebody say like it was too dark, like it, it wasn't funny enough. He was, it yeah. Wasn't he wasn't light hitting enough. the comedy cute, the, the comedy yeah, beats. Didn't, yeah. I'm it didn't have the right heart yeah the comedy like I mean Michael J Fox is just perfect he is Marty McFly and so my evidence is that they stuck with their like artistic convictions yep and were like I mean it was had to have been stinking expensive 
Yeah, I'm um, trying to find in my you, giant book here how many weeks <laughs> in they were to filming. I think it's something yeah. like eight weeks. Dang. Yep. I mean... Seven full weeks of filming with Eric Stoltz. Dang. Wow. I didn't um, know it was that and much. And so week eight, Michael J. Fox, they beg him to, to come and film at night. Right? Yeah. Right. Because he's filming yep. family ties during the day and he, uh-huh. they work it out somehow uh, so that he can. And so he's just going all day, all night during this filming. This does not sound like the unhurried life that we're <laughs> trying to achieve in our forties, but for a 20, 20, early 20 something like this is incredible. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, when I've heard him talk about it, like on like little interviews and stuff, he's like, it was amazing because they would come. I would film all day mm-hmm. doing Family Ties, which also has the best theme th- theme song like ever. Aaron and I love to dance to that still. Um, and <laughs> na, then, na, na, na. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I love that theme song. Um, then they picked him up in a car. He'd like take a nap. He'd film Back to the Future until like super light, like early in the morning, and then yeah. they'd take him home, and he, he'd like sleep for a little bit i mean for a 20 something that sounds like an absolute like craziness but you oh know, yeah you so can... fun you can do it though when you're 20s yeah, yeah totally mm-hmm. um anyways just that they had this like bold and gutsy move um it took artistic integrity and conviction to just say hey we're eight weeks into this this yep. is not working right oh i just feel like a lot of other um directors or writers or even producers would be like, no, you're th- you're in this far. Finish it off. Yeah. You can do another movie with Michael J. Fox another time. Write another one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sacrifice the, <laughs> the sacrifice golden the- goose. No, that's a lamb. Sacrificial <laughs> lamb. That's I think Eric Stoltz in that sure. case is the sacrificial lamb, right? Like you're totally right. Now the good news is, he was relieved. Mm-hmm. What I'm reading from this giant book oh. I have. Is that when yeah. Zemeckis went in to talk to Eric Stoltz, he was like, yeah, it's not working. Really? That's the right decision. Yeah. Oh, that's I didn't know that. That that actually makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it has to be. It, I, I think the reshoots, like not only time, but so much money. They have to reshoot right. all. I mean, they reshot. They shot everything at the mall. They shot all this stuff with Leah really? Thompson. They shot tons of stuff with him um when can we see this it's some of it is on the blu-ray okay um not all of it but you can see some of it on the blu-ray uh, special features they finally release some of the footage i could see like some really you know like on the enneagram like really contrarian uh-huh. people be like yeah man i think the stoltz version's way better <laughs> Totally. You know, like, there are probably people who, who prefer the Stoltz version right. of Back to the Future. Yeah, I love that. You're so right. The the deep cut. Um, yep. Okay, one other thing, and I I know what your next evidence is. Uh-huh. It's like this is just so crazy. Um, the other recast, and it's not really a recast, um, but it's the the artistic conviction again, and just knowing what they wanted it to look like and feel like. Yeah. That and I, I know you know this fact, but maybe other people don't, is that Ford paid them, wanted to pay them like $75,000 to put a Mustang uh-huh. in this movie right. instead of a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. 
and this it's like delorean michael j fox christopher lloyd take any of those pieces out yeah like imagine this was a must that's and then it's like a transformers movie or something well and you that's know, like, what i think i'm most okay wait i'll hold that i'll hold that until my next evidence okay, okay. but okay, okay. i mean so okay. like um uh, michael j fox uh, i don't know what it is about him but you're right uh-huh he is he he's perfect for this role because again he for some reason i feel like he has some sort of superpowers he's just hmm. so incredibly cool he's not a yeah. big guy right but he can beat biff up yeah and he has no he has no doubts that he can he can he he i don't know he's he's fast talking right he's He's, I don't know what, what it is, what is it about he's, him? He's quick witted. Right. He's funny. Yep. He's brave. Okay. I mean, he's like everything that we would have wanted to be when we watched this movie okay, all throughout like middle is. school. Right. There we is. had bullies. Yeah. We had bullies and we were like, if only I could be as cool, as quick witted, as good at punching, <laughs> you know, as brave, as good of a skateboarder. As, yeah carefree yeah like great a guitar i mean he's got a cool girlfriend like he's got it all man yep yeah i think i think you're hitting it right on the head it, it is somebody that you wanted to be mm. and maybe yep. even somebody that you could be with a little <laughs> bit like just a little tweak right so you could never be arnold schwarzenegger right or like hulk hogan Yep. That that was like, oh, those are cool dudes, but right. <laughs> there, there's no possible way that this bod <laughs> right. Right. or this personality can match that yeah. kind of thing. But like may, maybe it's even that Michael J. Fox isn't as handsome as Eric Stoltz. Hmm. He I mean, he's good looking and I mean my sister will kill me for saying that, right? I mean the, Michael J. Fox was her crush. But there's some sort okay. of like every man about him. Right. Yeah. And yep. he's in his 20s at this point. He's playing. What do you what's he supposed to be? 17. Yep. He's 17. That's and right. So he's a boy. He's got that boyish charm. Um, yep. And so. He has to be he has to be Marty McFly. And you're right that that it the movie wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't be perfect without him. You're totally right. Because if he was Eric Stoltz, you'd be like. Dang, that dude's like so cool. You know what I mean? Like, like unattainably cool, whatever. Yep. I mean, actually, I, I feel bad because I can't even really think of what he looks like. But based on your description, yeah. I mean, like, so we want to be Ben Stiller in Walter Mitty uh-huh. as a cool dad. We want to be beard. in yep. middle school. Yep. Middle school, high school. We wanted to be Michael J. Fox. You know, give me a milk chocolate. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. no, that's George, though. Yeah. See, George is cool in that scene. I agree. Give me a milk chocolate, right? Like, he's actually... And and his ideas are cool. Okay, one real quick thing, dude. Here's what we also wanted was an encourager like Marty McFly to build us up. Uh-huh. Because we also are like George McFly, just scared of everything. <laughs> and with somebody like Marty building him up, he like... It's funny. His son actually makes him become a better man. Right. You know what I mean? Like his son comes along, yep. encourages him, builds him up, and then he becomes like George McFly. Yes. You know, and Crispin Glover is cool. And so definitely he, cool. he yeah, can yeah. he can 
chunk into that pretty i mean he he can get into that role pretty yep. pretty easily and so um for i think michael j fox is similar he's just a cool guy yep and so you ask him to play cool and he can but i like what you're saying which is he's also a friend that we wish we had yeah 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 just just come and say you can do it you can ask that you girl out you, you, give me the lines <laughs> yeah should i really swore should i really swear <laughs> i love that part hey Go i on. also love dad dad daddy oh yeah so good okay um martin mcfly michael j fox great you mm-hmm. see them together. They are one. <laughs> yep. He turns like he, he takes his sunglasses off after he blasts his guitar. Okay. Yep. So now let's see. We're in minute six of the movie. Um, he goes <laughs> home and, and like you were saying, he's got sort of like a, he's got a miserable family life. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> his dad eats peanut brittle for dinner. And, and milk. I noticed that he's drinking milk. And she's drinking straight, like, vodka. It's like his mom, she just has a glass of ice. She pours vodka, and he's drinking milk and eating peanut brittle. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so great. And she's, like, his alternating, Mickey D's. smoking, and drinking, right? At the right. same time, she's right. got a drink yeah. in one hand, a cigarette in the other. Yep. Yep. His brother works at Burger King. Mm. Right? Okay. Got there, it. There must have been some it, sort of Burger King. There, there was some Burger King, Walter Mitty-style tie-in here. Where because he also yeah. passes the Burger King when he get first grabs yep. the car on a skateboard, right? Yep, totally. Now here's something that I just thought of. Gremlins mm-hmm. uses the same court courthouse square. Set. Oh, right. And sneakers, right? Right. We talked about that on the sneakers episode. And in Gremlins, there's a Burger King in in one of the storefronts. I think it's right huh. where that um that workout gym slash diner is is a oh, Burger right. King in the in the Gremlins version of the courthouse square. Wow. Um. Anyways, his family's a mess. His dad is bullied by Biff. Mm-hmm. They have a conversation around the table where they lay out their entire history together. <laughs> Full exposition. <laughs> here's Here, everything you need. Here's to know. why I'm married to your dad, even though that doesn't make any sense to you right now. But he. Right. He danced with me at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Great information. We see Biff bullying George. That sucks. Um, And then Marty goes to meet the elusive and mysterious Doc Brown. Yep. At the mall at like 1 (laughs) a.m. Right. Because he needs to bring him the camera. Right, but he... He just wanted him to be there, though. Right. Yeah, he wanted him to document it. He wanted him to see it. He wanted his apprentice yeah. to to be privy to the most important discovery of the modern age. Right. Time travel. Yep. But but yeah, stop by, get my camera. Yeah. Um. So he gets there, skates, skateboards over there. Coolest thing ever. The back of this kind of like truck opens and there's Spielberg fog rolls out. <laughs> Okay, and Spielberg face. Yes. Right? Spielberg eyes. Big time. Tons of Spielberg face in this movie. Just you see the person looking at something amazed. And out rolls my second piece of evidence. (laughs) 
Yep. The best vehicle, and we just did Mad Max Fury Road, in any uh-huh. movie ever, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better than the Ghostbusters, better than the Ecto-1, better than any of those cars in Mad Max. I mean, hmm. this, this is the vehicle of movies, is the DeLorean. Better than anything in Star, any Star Trek, any Star Wars. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Is like, the DeLorean better than the Millennium Falcon? Oh, dude, that is a cage match for like that. That's amazing. I want to see like you know how they had the Tesla truck and like the Ford F one fifty like pulling against each other. Yeah. Um. Now the Millennium Falcon would like literally obliterate it with that right they're very different vehicles okay i'm going to say something right now i think the delorean is better okay here's why because it gets destroyed at the end i think the millennium falcon needed a delorean getting destroyed moment i know i've harped on this a lot Right, but I Rise think of something that would have made me love Rise of Skywalker is a sacrifice. The 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 the, the Millennium yep. Falcon dri- driven by Chewie. Yeah. Saving something super important and just getting destroyed piece by piece. Yeah. And yep. you get that with the DeLorean at the end of Back to the Future 3. Spoiler alert. There, there's something so viscerally like th- that vehicle. I'm never going to see it again. It's gone. It's gone. But it lives like in those movies <laughs> that I can revisit. Like, right. dude, I was talking to my friend Aaron the other day, uh, mm-hmm. actually earlier today. And he said this thing that actually really captured or captured this for me. He said that Back to the Future was his chicken soup movie. Okay. Homesick from school. Uh huh. On the couch. Blanket. Yep. Chicken soup. You know yeah, what I mean? I do. Like that's that. And so because it was destroyed, it's part of that. It's only only in that universe. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's Which, there's something yeah. extra special about it. Um, yep. OK. Here's a couple other things. I just want to fangirl out a little bit about the DeLorean. OK. Some uh, speaking of recasting, you, or, you already said that it was they, they had the chance to recast it with a Mustang. But the yep. DeLorean is a Michael J. Fox style recasting because in the first several drafts, the time machine was a refrigerator. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't move. It wasn't mobile. Um, I just want to read you this one quote because it just blows nice. my mind <laughs> um, okay. about, about the DeLorean itself um, and about the, uh, about this refrigerator because because it it's kind of it kind of blew me away this morning as i was reading it because of spielberg (laughs) and how he brings things back okay okay so yep um at the end of the first draft the device was attached to a refrigerator and the way that they got back to 1985 is they brought to the refrigerator to a nuclear bomb test site in the 50s And okay. that the nuclear energy of that bomb blew the refrigerator, which had Marty McFly inside of it. Yeah. Back to the future. What does Dang. that remind you of? What does that remind you of? 
Okay, so that's that's Pertner to Crystal Skull. Right. Right. <laughs> my favorite. I mean, the, the Virginator gets crap, but that's by far my favorite scene in Crystal Skull. The fi- yeah. the, the kind of creepiness of that fake 50s town. Right. So cool. He yeah, that gets was into the scene. fridge to, to yep. save himself. And so Spielberg reused that idea. That's great. And so that's genius. I, I love that. But the the fact that they put the time machine into a vehicle is what makes Back to the Future mm. perfect to me. Yes. Because then you Got have it. the ability for action set pieces that you wouldn't have if it was just in a room. Um, right. So you have to get up to a certain speed. And so then there's puzzles that you have to solve around that. Yep. Yep. Um, And something I've always wondered about time travel is there's a time. There's a travel in space and time element to that vehicle, which yep. if you're just traveling in time, let's say I travel in time and I'm my microphone is a tra- is a time machine, right? It shoots me with rays and I travel yeah. back to 1955. The earth is rotating. Sorry, I'm just going to ah. geek out a little bit. The earth this is be- cool. The, okay. the earth below me is rotating at thousands mm-hmm. of miles per hour. The earth is it's revolving. It's rotating. Yep. It's orbiting the sun. Yes. The uh-huh. sun is moving. The the solar yeah. system. And so if I traveled yep. back in time, I would not be in this I would be out in space somewhere. Sure. Yeah, you would appear in the like the earth was here. Right. Now it's here. Yep. Yeah. And so I never have, thought about that. I love the fact that Doc Brown invented a time machine that takes space into account. You have yep. to move it through physical space. And so yeah. I've always thought and I've always wanted to write Christopher Lloyd about this and thank Doc Brown <laughs> for maybe putting some sort of um, something within the flux capacitor that accounted for space as well as time. Yes, that it would that also brilliant. make him travel through space to be in the right place. And so for some reason, the fact that it has to travel through space mm-hmm. just works so much better than in Terminator when it's just like a ball that you get into and it's static. That right. Bo- that ball would be out in some other galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you traveled back from the from the late 2000s into 1983 or whatever to kill John Connor, right? Yeah. You wouldn't appear in the same place. And so I love the movement, the mobility makes it an action movie and takes space into account in so many different ways. The the movie would have been far more static and still if it wasn't in that car. Yep. I love it. That's why when I first heard about the the idea of the fridge. Yeah. Because like you can't picture this without that. You can't like part of the perfection of it is the DeLorean. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems that seems boring to me. I love the explosion. You intrigued me with the explosion, like getting that one point twenty one gigawatts. Yep. Um, which Lily asked me yesterday. Actually, that's not true. Lily is totally into this and already knew all of them. But Isla was like, what's a gigawatt? (laughs) I was like. I think it's a gigawatt, but he said it wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's but not really anything. It's awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I like that idea of bringing it to, but just imagine the scene then. 
you just mm-hmm. drive it to the nuclear test site, put it down, mm-hmm. and then the thing blows up, and then you get blasted to the future. Okay, that's sort of interesting, but with the with a vehicle that you have to get up to a certain speed and hit something yeah. at exactly the right time. Yes, and the yep. lightning, which is also set up at the beginning. Um, yeah, it, it's so much more exciting. And you would have had to nuke Hill Valley. <laughs> so, like, now you're, like, sending yourself back to the future that in, like, your town got nuked in the 50s. <laughs> like, yep. oh, how well. does that work? Yep. And somehow it still exists in the 80s. <laughs> they fix they fix that part. Yep. Um, wow. All right. Let me say one real quick thing about the DeLorean. Yeah. I've said this on podcasts for years. The neighbors across the street from us growing up had a family that owned a DeLorean. Right. And so, like, once or twice a year, yeah, it out would appear in their garage, or in their driveway, sorry, a DeLorean. Yeah. And it's like, it was like the ice cream truck is around times, like, 100. <laughs> like, when kids hear the ice cream trucks, like, everybody runs for it. Yeah. It was like, hey, hey, Brian. Right. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, Michael. You know, like, the DeLorean's it's here. here. Like, Get the bikes. Yeah. So, and, and, like, let's go... Like, we got to go see it. You know what I mean? So, that's. Um, I mean, you, when you see it in real life, it's special. Mm. Okay. Yes. Now, I, I it, it's one of these. It's a character. Yeah. It's one of these things that takes your breath away, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I heard Yo-Yo Ma play this Facebook Live thing like a month ago from quarantine. He played uh-huh. a Bacchella suite. I couldn't breathe. It okay. was that beautiful. Yeah. Okay. This is almost <laughs> something like that. Where like, um, I like we we did the Star Wars show a uh-huh. couple years ago, like years ago back in the Florida Orchestra. Yeah. And I stumbled into this room that actually had R two D two. Right. I remember I showed you, you the picture. pictures of that with your bassoon R two and your bassoon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They yep. stored R two D two in a room, and my heart skipped a beat. Uh huh. Like it was like, <laughs> oh, like it's it was him. like meeting. Michael J. Fox or meeting, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those, one of those characters. It's yeah. It's it this weird. So, so, I mean, I've been to galaxy's edge and you see life-size millennium Falcon. Okay. I am still can't wait. That Takes your breath unreal. away. And yeah, R2 is rolling around. Like he owns a place. <sighs> Dude. Um, BB eight is rolling around galaxy's edge. Dang. It, and it's amazing. But yep. I don't see those things on the highway once in a while. Yeah. Like you see totally. the DeLorean. When you see the DeLorean right. and you're like, that's a DeLorean passing me. Everybody's on that side of the car looking out the window like there's a DeLorean. And so totally. is it that cool of a car? I don't know. But the way that it's the way that it's treated in this, which is like just some like wires attached to it on the outside of it. I love yep. the way that the blue lightning looks. I love the mm-hmm. the fire trails it leaves. Those mm-hmm. big exhaust things on the back. Yep. Um yep. They 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 did it. <laughs> I don't know how I'll say it. They I I have the, in this book. There's all sorts of like mock-ups of what it could have been. A lot of them look super clean and futuristic. There's something right. too about the way it's built that's kind of janky. Totally, you can see seams like it's like not quite Apple, and now it's 1985. But right. you can see seams uh-huh. if you 
like I there was this decrepit DeLorean on Dale Mabry in uh, Tampa that was just like always at this one car shop. Right. And it just it was moldy on the inside. It was all, you know, you could just see this poor thing falling apart. You felt uh. so bad, but it went up close and it smelled kind of bad. Yeah, uh, I did take a picture by it. Um, <laughs> of course. But yeah, it, it is a little janky. And I, I've heard they don't actually drive that well. Like it's really heavy. Well, and yeah, so like, I think it's I think it's off balance because it's not it's okay. made with pretty thin metal. Like in okay. Back to the Future 2, Doc says we can't land on Biff's car. It he has like a yeah. fi- he has a 54 oh, right. a- Ford. It would tear through us like tin foil. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's totally not, it's again, I mean, I hate to keep bringing up Millennium Falcon, but that's part of its charm. It's it's when Ray sees it. Right. She says, I don't want to, uh-huh. I mean, it's not only Ray, it's a whole thing throughout the whole series. Everybody calls it a piece yeah. of trash, a piece of yeah, junk, like that's garbage. garbage. Yeah. That ship is garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And so I like that. Maybe it's another, it, it is very much like Michael J. Fox, just an every, an every boy, an, every car. I mean, DeLoreans aren't every car. They didn't make a ton of them. It's still a pretty right. cool car, but it just it feels a little bit like it could fall apart and does throughout the series <laughs> right. all the time. Right. And that's great because then they have more problems to solve. Totally. And even part of it could be like of its success and like wonder and exclusivity about it is the fact that it failed. Yeah. Like the fact that like we don't we don't see him around like had DMC like been super successful. Yeah. You know, they had other cars. They had like vans, right? And they had SUVs, which actually the the Tesla truck, the thing that I love about oh, it, oh right, yeah, is that it looks like a DeLorean. Like that was my first thought, and, and like people that, hate that it. That is a hundred percent on purpose. I'm sure mm, that they designed like that, that prototype to look so right. like it for people like us. <laughs> Speaks directly to our like emotion, yeah, right. Like you see that, and you're like. My heart is lit up because that reminds me of so much nostalgia inside mm-hmm. that I always wanted a DeLorean. And now you're telling me one's like incredible and like can pull all this stuff and it has a thing that can pull into the back of it. And it's all. Yeah, totally. I'll take two. Right. <laughs> all right. So the DeLorean rules this whole mm-hmm. sequence at the mall rules. Um, yep. With. Uh, the Christopher Lloyd just doing an info dump. Yeah. Right. It's a thankless job. He has to basically describe time travel to Marty mm-hmm. and to us. And he does mm-hmm. it with the into the camera. He he does it with Einstein, mm-hmm. um, which is a great little example of how time travel works. Like he's a minute now. He, he Like he yep. went a minute into the future. Right. You get it. You just get how it works. You make a good point, though. Wouldn't he be like a mile away now, a minute later, the way the <laughs> Earth is moving at, what, a thousand miles an hour? I, I, <laughs> I think I think Doc Brown has installed some sort of space governor in the flux capacitor so that's, that takes that's that into great. account. Yeah. Um, that is incredible. I don't know that for sure, but my young mind and my old mind have always gone to that, like... It, sure. It's got to travel well, through space. So that makes me wonder if there are like windows. Okay, so he he's built the governor into the flux capacitor. Right. He got it when he hit the toilet and he hit his head. Yep. So it, it is truly divine 
right? Like divine um, <laughs> inspiration. knowledge or yeah, yeah. In, in, divine inspiration that that brought the flux capacitor. So uh, that could be interesting, though, because like, OK, like one of my plot holes that mm-hmm. we're not going to mention plot holes too much, but is why didn't he at the end? I mean, we're skipping, but like, why didn't he just go back an hour earlier instead yeah. of 10? Why did he give himself 10 minutes to get that far? And right. that could have been cool, actually. Like, no, the window is like. Yeah. this yeah you know what i mean that could actually explain that like there you actually can't just type in anything yeah you actually have to you know? get the space right um right yeah he should have gone back an hour early okay we'll get there. right so okay um doc brown has a time machine it's great except for it's run by plutonium and he's stolen it from the libyans <laughs> right they come in their vw uh van with a grenade launcher <laughs> uh-huh. to kill him. And they do kill him. He's dead. Right. They kill yep. Doc. Um, totally. Marty's upset about that. So he gets in the DeLorean. He's also super good at driving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why well, such a great Just driver? Cool. <laughs> yeah. They right. drive around the mall for a while. Everything is so self-contained. Everything is happening uh-huh. within a 10 mile radius of this whole, this whole uh-huh. movie. The stakes are, Yep. This this kid's life, Doc's life, and Hill Valley. Nobody's trying yep. to save the world here. They're just trying yep. to like it's it's a very self contained and then and the, the that chase itself is just around the mall parking lot. He gets up <laughs> right. to eighty eight. He goes back in time because Doc plugged that date in when he yep. invented the time machine, and he finds himself in nineteen fifty five. Mm hmm. A, a spaceman from Pluto or whatever. <laughs> dude i never really thought about how like this seems like the most epic plot ever you're totally right worst case scenario terrible but doc brown dies marty dies his yep. parents are lame yeah right those so are the stakes right so it's not like yeah like uh you know independence day or something where like literally the whole earth yeah or or you know armageddon or something you know, you're. It's they, pretty. They small never state. leave town. <laughs> totally. Even in all three movies, the farthest they get away is the drive-in theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> On the outskirts of town, the whole thing is in Hill Valley, California. Mm-hmm. It feels epic because there is travel, time travel. Yes. Yep. But sure. they never leave town. That's so crazy. <laughs> I've never thought about that before. That is. <laughs> Now, we do know that other towns exist because the Cubs win in the World Series. That's true. Right. Right. Like, they talk about the president. There's Hollywood. There's, yeah. you know, the, the it's Coast not, Guard. It's not in some completely fictional world. It's grounded in the world. Yeah. We, it's the earth we live on. Right? Right. Jaws right. 19. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, but it is, that is kind of cool. So, he mm-hmm. is now in 1955 in some barn. People are scared of him because he has a hazmat suit on and is in a spaceship looking car. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, but it breaks, right? The, the DeLorean keeps breaking down. Right. Yeah. So it does. Yeah. The car is fraught with, with fault yep. all the time. Like it's always breaking. There's always something wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what does he do? He goes and finds, doc brown to help him but not uh-huh. before he 
uh, accidentally screws up his life <laughs> by getting yep. hit by his mom's dad's car and his mom falls in love falls in love with him instead of his dad (laughs) (laughs) right so here's one of those don't have that happen yeah then all you got to do is actually what doc brown wanted him to do was just okay we'll just ride it out Mm -hmm. for a week hang out here and tell the lightning and go back yeah he he gets a stay-at-home order (laughs) Uh uh-huh yep that's right just quarantine shelter in place for a week (laughs) right right that's nothing He's already screwed it up, right? So, right. His grandpa was supposed to hit his dad with the car. And that's what right. made his mom fall in love with him. But mm-hmm. his grandpa hits Marty instead. Lorraine falls in love with him. There's all sorts of fun misunderstandings that his name is Calvin Klein because it's written on his purple underwear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funniest laugh so far. For my kids last night. Yeah. Was that the purple underwear? Yeah. <laughs> they thought that stuff. was hilarious. Just They're the like, way he oh looks in them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just like like he's got the blanket wrapped around and that he's like that. They, that right. was funny. Yep. So then there are two puzzles to solve. One is how is okay. Marty going to get back to the future? And mm-hmm. they figure out, we know when a, when a bolt of lightning is going to strike the clock tower. All we got to do is... <laughs> Drive the DeLorean at exactly 88 miles per hour at exactly the time that hits, which was <laughs> apparently not 10.04 in any seconds, but exactly 10.04, right? Yep. <laughs> the thing changes. Um, and then the other puzzle is you've screwed up your life. Right. Because your mom's in love with you now. You need to get your mom to fall in love with your dad. And now... It can be instead of because you feel bad for him. So here's here's the redemptive part of it uh-huh. is she falls in love with him instead of the Florence Gar- Nightingale, you know, taking care of him, right. nursing him back to health. Mm-hmm. It's his bravery, yeah. you know, his chivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now she's going into it instead of like feeling bad for him. She's going into it like, I deeply respect this dude. Right. Like, right. You know what I mean? And so that is Marty's plan, right? Like, here's the yep. plan. So while Doc is working on how to get him back to the future, Marty is working on how do I get my parents back together? And his plan is Mm -hmm. um, we are going to pretend (laughs) that I am, I'm going to pretend to take advantage of Lorraine, my mom, (laughs) and you're going to rescue her. Um, Mm -hmm. But Michael J. I'm Marty being Marty just keeps doing heroic things around her. And so she keeps falling more and more in love with him. Right. Okay. So all he had to do was shelter in place or help them get together. He keeps showboating, man. (laughs) Like, it's like, he can't even help it. Like, dude, that scene, like the town square scene with like, isn't he a dream boat Uh, again, like contained in, in probably, uh, you know, a, a 200 foot square of, actual physical space Zemeckis is able to create an incredible set piece action scene where where it's been set up that Marty rules at skateboarding and so he skateboards around while Biff chases him for a while and then crashes into a manure truck and Lorraine's like isn't he a dream he's an absolute (laughs) dream (laughs) 
<laughs> so, okay, this is classic, again, classic Zemeckis, okay? Mm-hmm. And this this happens in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Okay, where, like, the one, your, your protagonist, your hero, is in, like, all these, like, little things. Right. All these super historical scenes. So, like, I, I just wrote this down. Like, he helps Goldie Wilson become mayor. Uh-huh. Right now, would Goldie Wilson have become mayor anyways? Yes, because he knew that. Right. Uh, but still, he invents the skateboard. <laughs> and, like, just right there. Like, that's just so, like, Zemeckis. You know what I mean? Um, and then he helps Chuck Berry find his sound, right? Right. Like, he invents rock and roll. Like, yeah. He somehow gives Chuck Berry... <laughs> that ex- his his song right yeah and he, he introduces the idea of having multiple televisions in your home yep reruns where wearing a coat with goose down inside um, right yeah he's he's doing uh, forrest gump is sort of like a kind of grander version of this which is mm-hmm. the, the right guy at the right time all the time um yeah so yeah. it it looks like Marty's really screwing things up. I mean, every time George McFly attempts to be suave, like that scene in the diner, um, it it's not right. connecting because he's kind of a weirdo. Right, right. <laughs> and he says density, density right? Um, yep. And Marty just it it just he can't help it. He just does everything right. Yep. Um, totally. But. It ends up working. Yep. Takes her to the dance. They smooch a little bit. She, I love it that she doesn't like it. Yes, <laughs> me too. That that was great. See, if Disney, Disney just maybe they just heard this thing that there's going to be incest, right? And they're like, oh, steer away from that. But like, it's this is perfect, right? They, yeah. I mean, it is. It, there's an ick factor for sure. Yeah. It's Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Once you know what actually happens and you're like, okay, like you do feel gross when they like you're like, uh, but, but I love yeah, that the, she does. Yes, totally. Th- so right. may- maybe that's why it works. Maybe that's the answer uh-huh. to why it's not completely disgusting, because she yep. you realize in that moment, this date is done. Uh huh. She does yes. not feel that way about him anymore. Yep, and so it gone. was never going to get past that point. Uh-huh. Um, Super good. And yep. so that that's a little, little piece of dialogue or even acting that Leah Thompson is doing there that actually yeah. makes everything better for some reason. Totally. It's per- it's like I'm kissing my brother. Yeah. Oh. Um, Biff breaks in. Right. Yep. And actually does... Um, actually begins to play the part that Marty is telling George is going to be fake, but it's real. And then I think is my favorite scene of the movie and makes me actually cry is then when George actually is the hero. Mm. Yep. Um, and he punches Biff. Oh, you thought Marty was a good puncher. <laughs> it's clear where he got it from, dude. He, we didn't know he had it in him, but George oh, McFly. Okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Biff spins twice, I think, when he gets punched, yeah. slides down the car, and then uh, it, it worked. Yep. Now, 
nothing the day is not saved yet until they kiss for some reason right <laughs> they that's have to kiss it's it's uh et when he stands up mm-hmm. on that dude's body and gets the kiss at the end yep. music sweeps yeah right the yep. frogs all go away mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so marty is playing in the band at that point yep earth angel they kiss he stands this like boing he springs up he lives he looks at the picture he and his siblings are all back to normal and that piece of it has been saved that puzzle has been solved he did it yep um he still has to get back to the future and so um then the rest of the movie basically is him driving the car fast at just the right time while Doc is hanging off of the top of this clock that's going to be struck by lightning in seconds. <laughs> Things keep going wrong. They keep escalating, right? Yep. He pulls one wire, it disconnects. He connects that wire, it pulls another one, it Woo! disconnects. <laughs> <laughs> so I just... Every, like every single like over action it's like he I, I heard this thing that like Christopher Lloyd like wouldn't do his full performance unless the camera was rolling so they just <laughs> started recording and and uh 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 Marty McFly um sorry Michael J. Uh, Fox Michael J. Fox we've been doing this for like two hours now yeah. getting like hot and tired uh-huh. um, is like just had to go with it because they're like he will not do his full performance until we're rolling yeah we have to capture it you know right. what I mean because yeah. he does he because if you see him in interviews Christopher Lloyd is like he's so like chill chill yeah you know what I mean like he's yeah. totally not Doc Brown no or Judd what is he in Judge Tune, no judge. I can't remember what the name of his name is in. Oh yeah, Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit, the yeah. judge. I can't remember uh, what his name yep. is, but a very similar performance, right? Manic, except for he's a bad yep. guy. Um, lots of right. Ooh, ah, like yeah. noises. I love like it. Um, yeah. but he's not like that in real life. He's chill, uh, yep. even keel. Um, but especially in that final scene, he's just running around screaming. You, there's hecticness. Um, uh, it's worth mentioning also that Marty has tried to warn him several times that he's going to be killed and he, he, so he has some integrity in that. He doesn't want to know, right? Like his moral, his moral and ethical standing is I don't want to time travel to gain anything. Yep. It's not for my gain. Um, and so even knowing something I shouldn't know yet is breaking some sort of moral rule I have. And so that's another sure. quandary that's happening during the movie. Marty wants to save Doc. Doc won't let him save him. Sure. I mean, he wants to gain knowledge, yep. right? But he that's does right. like but like cuz he's a scientist. He wants to know what happens. He wants to know what 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 happens in the world, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah, he doesn't want to benefit from it financially it's not he's not gambling right. I mean, he said that thing when he was like i'd love to see the next who wins the next 30 world series yeah but, but he's but not that's gonna just gamble because he loves it. right right loves baseball but that was a nice setup though for the sports almanac um right. hey dude i'm gonna chunk in dude but dude can we do a quick break and just do like 30 seconds of dancing to like the sure. best song ever okay. <laughs> let's do it 
All right, dude, dance break over. Yep. One last piece of evidence, all right? Okay. I'll keep this one quick because we're going long, but this is super fun. We texted each other yesterday um, like, it's going to be a long one. Should we make it a double up? No. We just got to, we just got to, this is why we need listeners to force us to do these things because we also know these are going to be really long episodes. <laughs> just too much, too much to talk about. Yeah. Um, but okay. So my second piece of evidence is that this is, now he's about to go on, about to time travel for the last time in the movie. Yeah. Um, this is a timeless time travel movie. Okay. Um, now for a, a couple things. Okay. 80s movies, which we like love, they're mm-hmm. near and dear to our hearts. Right. Some of them are just so dated. We still love them. Yeah. Um, I actually think Back to the Future 2 has some of that datedness. It's 100%. Like, like the idea of, well, it was like, what is it, 1990 or so? But it's like, what does 2015 look like to 1990? It's not as timeless. Yeah. Th- I mean, it's, um, it's great. Yep. I mean, Back to the Future, I, I can't, it's it's hard to say anything against it, right? I mean, right. it has, I prefer Back to the Future 1. Yep. Back to the Future 2 has my favorite, one of my favorite moments in cinema, which mm. is when Doc sends him back in, in, the, in the Back to the Future 1 scene, and then Marty yep. runs around the corner at the yes. end of Back to the Future 2. And totally. I, I just think it's the the one of the best moments shots yes. in like cinema history. So <laughs> I love Back to the Future too, but I think you're right that the 2015 section of it mm-hmm. is kind of easy to make fun of, maybe. Right, right, yeah. It comes off as chintzy a little bit. So then because so then it's dated. Yep, but like Home Alone one, mm-hmm. Back to the Future one is timeless. It's it's like it's set perfectly in our brains that yep. it's not like I mean, it takes place mostly in 1955. Right. There's a nostalgia about it. I mean, uh, there's something about that town, about about uh, Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. that we want to be like. Yeah, um, th- that I don't know. And like it also being being timeless, it also transcends generations. So like it shows you that there's. There's nothing new <laughs> in life. You know, it's like, it's like what Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under, under the, the sun. sun. Yep. Like it's your parents were going through the same crap you were going through. Yeah. They felt awkward. They had a dream yep. just like you have a dream. You know, like um, he saw his mom going through the beginnings of becoming an alcoholic. Yeah. And a chain smoker. Yeah. So he saw the flaws. Now, he actually, he already knew the flaws about his mom. Some of us, you know, like our parents, we've put them on this huge pedestal, which obviously they, you know, and our kids do that for us sometimes. But then we realize the humanity of our parents. Yeah. Or whatever. And we're like, oh, we're all going through the same thing. We're flawed. Yeah. You know either, what I mean? So, either you put them on a pedestal and think they're perfect. And so seeing right. them in the in their teen years would be like, oh, they weren't perfect. Or I right. think this movie says they're they're they were kids and they're flawed and they're not yeah. terrible people like you think they are, right? Hmm. You can That's you good. can build some compassion for them because they're your age and everybody your age sucks. 
<laughs> and so your your mom's an alcoholic and your dad's a wimp. But they huh. were teenagers yep. and there was a whole world ahead of them at some time. And what would it be like to show some compassion for them in that moment? Yeah. Uh, what what an um, amazing message. And and you're right. It's pretty timeless because it makes you think about your own life and your own parents and your, your own self as a parent and your own kids and everything. Right. I mean, even like my eight-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. 35 years later, wanted the shoes that he had in Back to the Future 1. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that much of a cultural timepiece, uh, like, and and just so timeless. Um, even the idea of generationally, like, that town. Okay. <laughs> so, like, just in that one town, I wrote this down. There were the Statlers. Mm-hmm. That was the Toyota dealership slash horse business in 1885. <laughs> um, there's the Browns, the Stricklands, the yeah. Tanners, yeah. the McFlies. It's mm-hmm. like all like families. It's all generational. Yeah. Um, everybody going through this circular, cyclical mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then lastly, dude, for the evidence as far as timelessness, I wish we had a whole podcast. I'm just going to basically gloss this over. The score rules. It's in my top three. Okay, this, okay, <laughs> the score, just like, it blows my mind. It's so good. I yeah. heard somebody play it, play it on piano. Uh-huh. And the, it's so, like, the chord, the chords are actually, like, super jazzy. Huh. And, like, the whole main theme, like, never stops. Like, it keeps building and building. It doesn't, like, resolve. Right. So, okay, I heard this one musician say this, and it blew my mind. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Perfect fifth, right? Yeah. Bum, bum. There's your perfect fifth. Then the tritone. Bum, bum. So it's almost like, here's where you start. Bum. There's 1985, then 1955. <laughs> bum. There's 1955. <laughs> and then you don't quite get back. <laughs> bum. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, you know, like, I don't know, that that one, like, I thought of that as the idea of, like, even foreshadowing the skewed tangent. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it doesn't go back to the fifth. Yeah. Like, even think if it was, bum, bum, bum. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so lame, but, like, take it down a half step, mm-hmm. and it's like, you hear those three notes. It's like, bum, 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 bum. Yep. You yep. know, it's just three notes that are iconic. And that, and that trill... Yes. Yep. So I remember seeing the trailer to, and now I can't remember the name of the movie because I disliked it so much. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yep. And they had that trill at the end. Yep. And I was like, yep. Just incredible. Like you remember. There's there's nothing that's ever been, there's no trill ever been written like it's before or since. All others will be that? judged by this one. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. And so the timeless quality of it uh-huh. is, um, I was listening to um, actually Romancing in the Stone, mm-hmm. which is also Silvestri uh, Zemeckis. The movie they did right the before movie this they, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yep. And that, like this actually was was um, Silvestri's first, his first orchestral score ever. Huh. So, you like know, with the full Zemeckis orchestra, like, you mean? Yeah, because like if you listen to Romancing the Stone, it's like jazzy with like tons of saxophone. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like the it's like the opposite of like Indiana Jones or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, but 
Spielberg with this mm-hmm. Zemeckis. He's like, I want it to have that timeless feel. And the orchestral score yeah. grounds it just like Home Alone. Yep. It grounds it and makes it timeless. It's that symphonic, um, you know, the symphony stars like opera feel. It adds some sort of like seriousness to it. Like, yeah, we, we know that this is um, this is going to be a little bit hard to take in because it's a lot. Yeah. But right. you can trust us because of this, because we took the score seriously. I don't know. <laughs> totally. It, it's very Home Alone. You're right. Well, the it's just the the symphony orchestra, dude. The sound of a symphony orchestra mm-hmm. is 300 years old. Yep. You know what I mean? It's so established. It's not like rock music where like 10 years ago sounded completely different than 10 years before that. Yeah. The 10 years before that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a grounding and I absolutely love it. Stands the test of time. Um, right. One, one thing that Alex Gomer 3 texted us about why he thinks this lasts, like you're saying, like a timeless movie, is yep. the character of Marty. Um, he said, um, Back to the Future is one of the last movies where I still connect with the hero teenager. Mm. Almost all other movies. Yep. And then he lists some that we love. Home Alone, Harry Potter, Goonies. I, I can now see the hero as bratty, reckless, re- disrespectful, and naughty. <laughs> I think that's a sign that Back to the Future is gold. Even as 40-year-olds, we're still like, well, I love that kid. Yep. <laughs> You'd still sort of like to be that kid. Right. It's It has not ended. It's timeless for some reason. It's so good. Yep. Totally. Um. So the plan works. They hit the timing right. He goes back to the future. Doc has taped the letter that he wrote him and torn up back together and he put a yep. um bulletproof vest on so he lives yep everything is not back to normal it's better marty did it Dude. <laughs> his dad is now an author and his mom is like a te- plays tennis <laughs> <laughs> she's like super successful he's super successful they're happy they're not just eating peanut brittle no weren't they eating like grapefruit or something like that i yeah. feel like they're having coffee yeah like just having a nice nice you know saturday sabbath breakfast yep they (laughs) bought him they bought him a truck yes biff is now in the employ of george mcfly or he's waxing his car oh wow yep um so a lot of things are different a lot of things are better Jennifer still looks the same. That will change in several minutes when Back to the Future 2 starts. Right. But she's right. they're still boyfriend and girlfriend. They're going to go camping. And then there's this like epilogue, coda. Ah, uh, yep. Which is um, Doc has taken the DeLorean and gone to the future. He comes back and he says, we got to go back. Back to the future to save your kids because they're in trouble. Um, yep. Jennifer and Marty both get in the car. Yep. There's not enough road. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Because <laughs> where they're going, they don't need roads. And that and in the theater, the movie ends. Yep. No to be continued. That's see, that's crazy. That's what we never got to experience. Right. We never got to experience that. So it's hard to it's hard to really get to the bottom of this. But everything from what I read is that 
the that coda was sort of like a fun funny ending that bob uh-huh. gale wrote like th- this is a self-contained movie yep we it, it, it's just to to spur on the imagination of children for ge- generations to come right um right right which is why jennifer gets in the car and then in back to the future it's a little bit clunky to try to figure out what to do with her right <laughs> and they yep, end totally. up just knocking her out <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't know they didn't know how to write her into or out of the second movie because they never thought right. they were going to do it. Yeah. So I heard I I know you heard it too, but just in case anybody didn't, I heard Bob Gale um say if we had wanted there to be a sequel, we wouldn't have put her in the car. Right. Um because then they have to it, it's it, it is a clunky part of the second movie, I think. What to right, do with her. For sure. Um, now, they could have done something cool with her. They could have, yeah. Because the movie is about those two. That's why. It's not that she couldn't have done something super cool. Mm-hmm. They could have. They, you know, they, she, they, they give Mary Steam version plenty to do in the third one. <laughs> totally. Right. So totally. they could have done something with her. Um, but in the theater, no to be continued. Um, in yep. fact, our friend Krauss wrote the thing that he likes least about the movie is that to be continued. Because uh, when he okay. saw it on VHS as a kid, he had to wait four years, and that was an eternity. And so it's oh, right. a testament to the movie that yep. that was his least favorite part of it. Um, Got it. But what I think that what I've gathered is that Zemeckis and Bob Gale didn't want to do a sequel. Really? The okay. Universal added the To Be Continued onto the VHS to force Whoa. them into it. <laughs> Dang! So like they're sitting there. Okay, let's watch the VHS, kids. My movie's on. Let's watch. And they were like, "What? Like what?" Dang. Um, and I, I th- that's the rumors I'm reading. It lines up with what I'm seeing now of Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, who are like, "We're gonna have to be dead, right?" For yeah. another Back to the Future to be to be made because we don't want to do it. It, the, it, the, mm-hmm. we got lucky that yep. the, that two and three are also great, but that's it. We, we purposefully yeah. ran the thing over with a train at the end so that we can't make any more of them. <laughs> Crushed it. Uh, but that train though, the train rules. I used to pause that, mm. try to draw it. Yeah. I love the DeLorean train. Yep. Steam locomotive. Ooh. Yeah, rules. They they still couldn't help, even though they destroyed the DeLorean. <laughs> like, it, it, actually, the end of Back to the Future Three feels very much like what they wanted the end of Back to the Future One to be, which was to spur um, imagination, but never make another yeah. one. Yep, they ride off into the sunset. Yep. Right. It's yeah. Like a, a western. Yep. They're gonna go off and do other adventures. Just imagine it. Have some fan fiction. <laughs> Like <laughs> a Broadway musical or two. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, dude, that's Back to the Future. Whoo! Our pieces of evidence are the first five minute Rube Goldberg type machine, the recasting uh, to Michael J. Fox, the recasting to the DeLorean from the fridge, and the fact <laughs> that it is all of it comes together into a timeless time travel movie Mm. great 
Have I said it's is. good yet? I, I can't remember. Yep. I mean, we we are like, what is it? Effusive? So we are. Sure. We're effusive. About this? Yes. We we just, it's it's like this is a movie and we've just been kissing its rear end <laughs> like for the last two hours. Well, for the last 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> on the podcast. I mean, it was on our t-shirt, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. The DeLorean is on you know what? one of our t-shirts. Why is neither of us wearing that t-shirt right now? I wear that all the time. My, I'll tell you why I'm not, because mine has fallen apart. Oh, man. My DeLorean Gomer t-shirt, I've worn so much, it has literally fallen apart. It got super thin and then just, oh, I tore out of it one night. <laughs> like the Hulk. It's, exactly. it's Jerry Seinfeld. The sock, at, you know, when he was like, at one point, it just disappears. Yep. You wear it until it, it dies. It oh, was like man. That. Yeah, I woke up in the morning. I had torn my, I had literally torn it apart. <laughs> How do you know you didn't have like a big, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, like big when he like wakes up and his, uh, his, yeah. His, all of his clothes are too tight on him. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. It could have been that. But that would have, like, will I continue to grow larger as I age at this point? I hope not. <laughs> nope. That's what that's what the other podcast is all about. <laughs> right. So now it's up to you, listener. We want to know, do you think Back to the Future is a perfect movie? There's several ways to do that. You can go to our Instagram or our Facebook. Those are the best ways. Those are both two gomers. You can find us there. We post polls and will um, in the next couple of days about whether you think Back to the Future is a perfect movie. You could also go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com, or send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you think. Um, Next week, we are going to come back with the Back to the Future results. Um, The following week after that will be an Anthony's pick, then a Steven's pick, and then another listener's choice. No, I'm wrong. The following week after this is Space Camp. So next week is results yes. for Back to the Future, and then we're doing Space Camp. Another, we have done so few '80s movies. If people can believe that, the only '80s movie we did before this was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep. Wow. And so we need to do some more '80s movies. So results show next week. The week after that, Space Camp. Make sure you check out our other podcast, Two Gomers Lose Twenty in 2020, where we're trying to lose weight and be healthy. It's a great one. Check it out. That's it. Back to the future. That's it. You got anything else? Yeah, I have I have probably 18 other things I wanted to say, but I think we should end. <laughs> we'll save it for the results show. Yep. And for many conversations in the future. Sweet. All right, dude. Great app. Super fun, man. Have a great week. All right, you too, dude. And happy viewing. <laughs>